slow. Your trap slow, my nigga. I feel sorry for you. Sorry, nigga. Cause we banging hand to hand, getting it in them holes. I'm talking transactions, CDS, them distributions. We going hard with this shit. We need our restitution. I love my nigga, so I do whatever for my dog. Nigga, say he need me, and I got him. He'll never fall. I'm coming in the clutch, something like I'm Kyrie. You niggas bluffing, man. I wish you niggas would try. Alright, we the answers podcast episode 48. Right here. 48. We on 48. Last time I said the wrong number. But today <laughs> we got we back in our series of the how to make it into how to make it in America. That's the fashion series we did the first episode. Okay. We had Larry, Huey okay. Brand, Y, um, uh, LRL. Okay. And we had Off Tour all in the first episode That's on one. Right. And we had BJ on the second one with the popular um, popular Stranger Hats mm-hmm. and all of that. And we going to keep it going every time. But on this one, we got your regular Jess here, the pioneer, <laughs> the <laughs> been doing this thing. Uh, we go, we going to talk about her her uh, travels in the fashion world, everything she know, everything, how she started, what she got into. And I don't like to do the whole cliche how did you get started? What is your motivation? All that okay, bullshit. Okay. But I feel like it's, I feel like it's necessary because, as I said, and we 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 came up on this episode because you said that shit about be more. I always be fucking with people about be more. Like it's Baltimore, it ain't be more. Right. That's how we but, even got uh, here. I was thinking about that today. <laughs> but I always fuck with people. But you know, regardless of it, and then I said. I tip my head to you because I see everything you're doing. I see a lot of people that's influenced by it is doing a doing a big thing over there in Cali, worldwide, all that shit. So I feel like I know I see it's cliche, but I feel like it's is is uh it's a good thing to let people know your steps mm-hmm. because somebody might take them the same steps and be on the same path with you exactly. doing the same thing. So you never know who you can inspire. And like I always say, every episode, you must teach what is taught. We got to get that game yes. back to the youth and everybody else. So yes. starting off, how did you get started with your clothing? Because I, I remember you was doing this since high school, right? Mm-hmm. All right. So, yep. t- so take us back to high school. You went to. I went to Poly. Okay. So first okay. off, I'm very proud of you for having this platform Thank in Baltimore. So you. we Thank have to point that out. So we all came up together. Larry. Right. Yeah. Like, it's, it's yeah. crazy to see. Larry was just in L.A. a couple weeks ago when I had um, invited him over. We had, like, taco night. It was just okay. talking business. It's just uh-huh. crazy to see where everybody is now. Yeah, yeah. And we was just talking about that. Like, it's crazy. Yeah. So I'm really proud of you for having this platform thank, for all thank, of us. Appreciate um, But, yes, I went to Poly. Um, I'm a Poly grad. I started my career in fashion when I was 14. <laughs> he went there too. Oh, you went to Poly? <laughs> hey. So, yeah, I started my career in fashion when I was 14. I was in the ninth grade. And the summer I was transitioning from ninth to 10th grade, my mom had placed me in a youth entrepreneurship program through the NAACP. They don't have it anymore due to funding, but um, it was hosted at Morgan State and it was a youth entrepreneurship program. And it was a five week program. You had to basically pick a business and focus on it for five weeks. At the end of it, you got a scholarship potentially, um, but you also got like a $500 bonus. Okay. And at 14 years old, I was like, oh, I'm about to get my $500 yeah, 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 to be yeah, rich. Yeah. <laughs> so I decided to start this brand. Uh, I didn't even, I literally was just coming up with a concept. I mm-hmm. thought, what am I good at? I had always been complimented on my style when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Uh, my grandmother was a seamstress, so okay. it came natural to me to be within style. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to just go in here and start a clothing company. I started mm-hmm. painting on jackets. Mm-hmm. I started sewing stuff, like completely deconstructing stuff. Okay. Um, and then I wanted 
won the scholarship at the end of the program. It was only one winner? It was one winner for the scholarship. Okay. Everybody got $500, but one person got a scholarship. Okay. And I got the scholarship. So, was so was I was destined. like, oh, I'm yeah. really doing something. <laughs> yeah. um, and my mom started to see it. She was like, we're going to put you in sewing classes. Like, she saw how serious I was taking it. Uh, and a lot of my friends were in the program with me. They was just there for the money. Right. And they was out. They was like, yo, you're, you're really doing this. I'm yeah. like, yeah, I'm about to start selling these jackets. Okay. So I went to, back to Poly, 10th grade year, and was selling jackets out of my locker. Like, everybody knows I used to have a line around the corner. Well, that's what's up. I was making custom hoodies, 10th grade. Um, by 11th grade, I was sewing prom gowns and wedding gowns. Okay. Um, and then 12th grade, I had a full-blown business. I was making, like, between $500 to $1,000 a week off hoodies and jackets okay. and prom gowns. Okay. And I did not know how to sew that well. Like, it was Your bad. grandmother taught you? She she told me a little bit. Uh, um, my mom placed me in um, some sewing programs as well with like Joanne's Fabrics okay. and local places here. But I still didn't know how to sew that well. Like okay. I wasn't great at construction, but okay. I was still su- selling stuff left and right. Right. Praying to stay together. Yeah. But it ain't really hard to impress when you're in high school, even exactly. with that quality part. Like the look, but the quality ain't really. I was getting by because I they was, oh, well, you know, you're only 16. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, nah, I was selling some messed up dresses. I ain't even going to lie to you. And then I saw some that were beautiful. So it was like I was I was learning and charging as I was learning, okay. literally. So okay. after high school, um, I moved to Philly. Mm-hmm. I attended the Art Institute of Philadelphia. Okay. Um, took my little degree. I mean, took my little uh, scholarship for the NAACP, applied it to some other scholarships I got. And... Um, was able to attend there, graduated with my degree in design. And I felt like the school didn't really, it taught me a lot about construction, but mm. nothing about entrepreneurship. Okay. Nothing about the real world. That's when I realized, that was my first time getting a preview of what life could be as an adult. Yeah. And I realized like, yo, nothing, Baltimore City Public School System did not prepare me for right, real life. Right, right, School, that's, that's, that's the, the, <laughs> the I guess that, finesse. Yeah, that's the, that's the idea of school that's still going this day, high school and college. Uh-huh. Right? It don't really prepare you for what you really need that it give you half of it. It, not like not literally a half. quarter, yeah, yeah, like if yeah. that. Yeah, I was I lost in the sauce, so I ended up having to move back to Baltimore. I worked in property management while mm-hmm. still trying to fund my clothing line. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't making any money in clothing, mm-hmm. and I remember like there had gotten to a point where I got to a point where I got so comfortable at my nine to five that I was like, well, maybe I'll just continue to work in corporate America. Fuck you know, that. yeah, just, yeah. yeah, I was tripping. This was a 22, 23-year-old me. Right. Um, I quickly got inspired because at my nine to five, they transferred me to a different office and mm-hmm. I was working with a supervisor that became one of my closest friends to this day. Okay. Um, his name is James and we worked in the same office together. We both, like, we were there, but he knew that I had this aspiration to be this designer. He used to get stuff for um, people that he knew back in the day for me, so he mm-hmm. knew who I was. And I remember, like, he was like, yo, you got to get back on your grind. I'm yeah. going to let you off on weekends. Right. Like, he used to clock up. me in, and I would go to New York and That's do fashion up. shows and come back and act like I was at work the whole day. Like, we just used to finesse the whole okay. <laughs> So <laughs> He believed in he it. He believed in it. Right. And I remember um, it was about ooh, December 2015. I had gotten to a point where I was more consistent in my brand, but I wasn't seeing results. I needed okay. help. I needed okay. leadership. I needed a guy. I needed a teacher. Mm-hmm. So I found this business coaching program on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, this was years ago before everybody was a consultant. Okay. And, and, you know, like it was a all real business coaching curriculum. Yeah. yeah okay. And it was an online program. And I was familiar with the person that was offering the program. Her name was Raven. Um, and she actually used to get stuff made for me as well. Mm-hmm. And I signed up for like a free call with her. 
It went great. Then she told me, like, you know, I can help you for 12 months. We'll do a year curriculum together. I'll teach you how to develop your brand. Mm-hmm. I'll teach you everything about business and entrepreneurship. Okay. Um, and I'm like, okay, it's going to take a year. I'm sitting here thinking, oh, my God, I don't have this type of time to invest. Mm-hmm. And she told me the first portion of the program was all about um, mindset. And I said, well, let me skip that part. Mm. And she was like, no, it's not an option. Yeah, and I thank yeah. God for yeah, it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, long story short, I was considering her program. It was at that point, I thought it was so expensive. It was like over five thousand dollars. I was mm. like, oh, I don't know about this. But it's worth it, though. What well, to me at that point mm-hmm. with the mindset I had then, I didn't realize how much I yeah. didn't believe. So I'm like, mm, I'm going to save that money. I could put that into my business. Right. So my supervisor, James, I told him, like, yeah, I'm not going to sign up for the program. He was like, all right, so you're going to be here with me next year. Then. Cool. <laughs> and I was like, right, you right. You right. And then he also said to me, he was like, you know why you so scared to sign up? I want you to recite the Lord's Prayer. And mm. I couldn't do it. Mm. And I was like, hmm, I grew up in church as a child, but I didn't have the relationship with God I have now. Okay. And he said, well, that's not, that's, this is the main reason why you're scared. You don't have a relationship with God. I'm going to cut you off. That's you, 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 key. You asked off two questions that I already had in my, my notepad. I'm just letting okay. you know. Okay, okay, cool. Ahead, so go that ahead, literally though. did it for me. Okay. And when I heard that, I was like, wow. So that's why this is, this is one of my best friends to this day, because he, he reintroduced me to God as an adult. Okay. Um, And then literally that same night, I go to sleep, and I pray for the first time in a long time, mm-hmm. and I have a dream. Mm. My dad actually passed away in 2011, out the blue. He was watching a Ravens game, had a heart attack, and died, like, mm. just out the blue. And, um, yeah, it's okay. And um, in the dream, well, my, my father passed away at Union Memorial. In the mm. dream, I'm in an apartment building across from Union Memorial, uh-huh. and it's me and James working. We're mm. in there working all day. It's busy. Like I said, James used to let me off whenever I wanted to be off. We used to finesse. And... I asked him, could I get off? It was super busy at work this day. I'm like, yo, I got to get off. It's the grand opening next door. I got to get there. I see the whole Baltimore there. And he like, no, you got work today. Like, no, you can't. Mm-hmm. We got we to gotta start doing things properly. You can't get off. Mm-hmm. So finally, 5 o'clock comes. I get off. I go next door. It's the grand opening to my store. Okay. Everybody left. Okay. Everybody leaving. Nobody's stopping to talk to me. It's like they can't even see me. I'm yeah. like, wait, I'm here now. Right. So my father was the only person left inside of the building. He cussed me out. He like, I can't believe you. I'm, I have you. I got you. Right. So I was like, all right, boom. Damn. So now I see how God working like right, 24 right, hours. Right. Damn. So the Damn. next day I signed the paper. I right. do the business program. Mm. To this day, I was her top testimonial. I was out of my nine to five in four months. I went from a regular exposure, exposure was making like $300 a month when I first signed up. Mm. The first 24 hours of me being an entrepreneur, I made $12,000. Damn. Yes. Okay. And... Yes, so here I am today. Fast forward, you know, I had I've done a lot in between that time, but now I have a multi million dollar company. I have two of them, and then I have four other businesses. I'm working on property management. I'm doing a lot outside of fashion now, but it all started from that story. Okay, okay. So that's that's how we all that's how I made it to entrepreneurship. That's that's an amazing (laughs) story. That's the and one thing that that stood out to me when you said your, your story was. The fact that your mother was backing you that whole way. So that's that's very, I feel like that's very important because a lot of people, I ain't going to say just their parents, but just to have somebody that's that's push you, especially, we talk about this a lot on here, just like growing up and, um, you know, we we get accustomed to certain things and Uh living a certain way and everybody growing up the same way. But when you got a parent that's supportive, Mm -hmm. she put you in that program. She told you, no, we're going to do this and do that. It makes a huge difference. It makes all the difference. I can't even, like, I thank God every day. And Uh also, you just never know how life is going to shift. My mom has multiple sclerosis, so Mm -hmm. she can't walk. Um, 
anymore. She's usually like in a lot of pain, mm-hmm. but she's like the most lively person. Like if you talk to her on the phone, you would think this woman ran you 10 miles today. You wouldn't think nothing of it. But to, for me and my sister and brother to now be in position to take care of her, uh-huh. like you just never know how God yeah. lines yeah, stuff yeah, up. Yeah, 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 So it's like take take pride in those people that invest in you. Right. My mother is never going to work again. Like, confirmation. Ever. That's confirmation yeah. for real. So, so um, and the, the other question that I was going to get to down the line, what I said you cut off was, was um, the spirituality part. Yes. So that's very, so you feel like, from what I got from everything you just told me was, you know, getting back right with God, mm-hmm. your mother, and everything. Those was the two biggest, and, and James, mm-hmm. the three yep. biggest parts James of was we'll a put you in major this position. key. I'm not even going, I'm going to say James as far as the spirituality. That's like one of my close best friends. Mm-hmm. But it's so many other people. Like, I, I have a very close best friend, um, Brittany, like, that's one of my cheerleaders. So mm. that's my right hand. Like, she moved to L.A. We moved to L.A. together. Okay. Um, I call this girl right now. I'll be like, yo, I got a fashion show in Africa. She's going to be like, all right, let's ride out. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. that, and she's going to yeah. stand in and be my number one fan. So okay. I have a lot of people, not a lot, I have the right people right. that are, like, consistently a part of this process. But I know who to call for what. Right. Okay. So James is in a position there where he doesn't work at the company anymore. Mm-hmm. I've been trying to help him see his gifts and everything. And now he's in a spot where we having a business meeting later this week. So I can help him come up with his 2021 plans for That's his entrepreneurship. Up. He That's got his own up. company. That's what's So up. it's like everybody's in a position where you just got to know how to feed each other at the right yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. Be each other crutches. Yeah. Hold each other up, man. I yeah, like that. I but like spirituality, that. that's the core. Like right. God yeah. is the core of everything yeah. I do. Yeah, I got that. Yeah. I definitely get that. Yeah. So what what um as far as fashion, there was there any designers that inspired you to get into what you do or how you started creating everything? Mm-hmm. I'ma say one for certain from Baltimore, Devin. I don't know if you guys know Devin, but he um he owned the company. Fashion shows and stuff yep. like, right? and Tyson. Okay. Okay. He was one of my biggest inspirations back in the day. He used to paint on everything. And mm-hmm. when I was like 14, all I used to do was one. I just wanted to reconstruct and paint just like yeah, him. Yeah. Like he was my biggest influence back in the day. Okay. So Devin, as far as um the influence here in Baltimore. Um, but I've been very inspired by brands like Alexander Wang, mm-hmm. um, Terry Mugler, Fear of God. Mm-hmm. Um, is one of my favorite brands to watch okay. just because the, the way that he operates and runs his business, Jerry yeah. Lorenzo, like he's, he's very, he's not very much so involved in the process anymore. He's more so involved in like making sure people understand the mission of his brand. Okay. So okay. I feel like his brand's going to be around for years to come because yeah. he moved different. Yeah. It's not, not an like it's just closed. It's just, it's, it's not a whole, just closed. Okay. It's a, it's a whole organization right. that he's like really making sure people see his his initiatives on and things like that. So uh-huh. I'm very inspired by him. Um, I'm inspired by Connor Walker. She owns a brand called House of CB. It's a real big women's own brand. Okay. And she's just, again, one of those people that operate like I'm going to be here in 50 years. Because okay. I always tell people like the secret to success is being around 20, 30 years Longevity. From now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you do not have longevity, it's not going to work. Like a lot yeah. of these Insta boutiques, you just popping on clothes, taking pictures. It's going to work for now, but it's yeah. not sustainable. Yeah. So like, what's going to happen in 10 years after y'all got three kids and you right. can't model the same, you're not yeah. going to look the same. And like, that, that was like when I was watching your your, your podcast and mm-hmm. when I was thinking, oh, just from the outside looking in, I feel like a lot of people, oh, I'm going to ask you, do you feel like a lot of people do get in a business fashion, a business of fashion as far as just trying to hustle and make some yes. money versus yes. the passion for the, Yes. I see that too. I feel like it now though. Like okay. this just started. Okay. I feel like when we was coming up, like we didn't have we had it wasn't MySpace, a lot of people, yeah, Facebook. Yeah. yeah. 
it, you didn't see people selling stuff yeah. and, and doing this true. the way it was. That's it was true. more creativity yeah, involved. Yeah, I say, yeah, like I remember yeah. when me and Larry. I, I remember one time me and Larry was in my living room when, when I was a kid, like 15, uh-huh. 16, and I was sewing tags on his stuff. Like okay. this is passion. We've been doing yeah, this since yeah, we yeah, had yeah. negative two hundred dollars yeah, to our names, yeah, like trying yeah, to figure it out. Yeah. So. You know, I see now it's just very accessible. You can just go down to the fashion district in right, LA, right. pick up some clothes. You can mm-hmm. go on Alibaba, AliExpress, get some clothes, put them on a girl that got a curvy body, yeah. <laughs> and it's you got a business name. Yeah, yeah. So it's true. like it's not passion; it's a hustle, and I get it though. I'm mm-hmm. not knocking nobody's hustle, but I think if it is a hustle, the thing about hustles is you always have to think about your next hustle. Yeah, yeah. I, I was don't, about to I say don't that. like hustling because if you hustle, <laughs> if, if you make that your hustle, once you lose that or yep. move on, you gotta move on to something else and keep doing it so yeah passion is always strong yeah um did you you had a mentor in fashion that that showed you the way i had i would say three mentors so i have raven my business coach she was over like my overall entrepreneur coach she taught me how to transition from nine to five mindset to entrepreneur mindset because it's a completely different world right so she taught me that she taught me the accounting structures like just the the essentials to getting started as an entrepreneur yeah um then i had a mentor by the name of tiffany her name she's um the owner of a company called pink lucy she lives in dallas and she had her own manufacturing company, mm-hmm. black woman with their, her own factory. Mm-hmm. So That's I asked up. her, yeah, I was like, what's That's your rate up. for me to just follow you? And in yeah. that, so I, I used to always ask people, what's their rate uh-huh. for me to follow you? Okay. And just and, and just see what you're doing. Okay. So I don't ask for nothing for free. Right, right, right. Like, because I know how get more feels. asking that yeah. way than, than for and free. And yeah. if you say what's the rate, you might get somewhere. And it depends yeah. on if they have the time. This is this was probably like almost eight years ago where she had the time to give. Okay. Um, I had another mentor in Atlanta. She had like a lot of partnerships with uh, wholesale distribution mm-hmm. companies. And she was able to like set up a lot of wholesale contracts mm-hmm. and accounts. So I was working with her. So yeah, I've always had mentors in the industry in some way. Okay. Um, I've also connected before I went to an event with, uh, what Master P was the host mm-hmm. and I've always like, I'm the number one fan of Master P. I think you was posting that on Instagram. Yeah, my, right? my, I my, my bio that. used to be like that. Master P of fashion. <laughs> like I love everything I about No Limit. you post that event. Yes. Yeah. I was so excited to go. Okay. So yeah, so I went there, I was able to connect with his team mm-hmm. and he's giving me like gems on gems okay. just from like that one Acquaintance, like right. he had told me so much about what to look for in distribution deals. Uh-huh. He told me what to look for in partnerships, um, when to sign, when not to sign. It was just crazy to hear. He had so much knowledge to give. Yeah, yeah. And it, it wasn't. It That's was crazy. Up. So I paid for the VIP ticket, and it was well worth it because I left with notes on notes on notes. He told me how to restructure my curriculum so and that's somebody I'm still able to keep in touch with his team for insight so that's powerful so yeah you always need mentors I can't yeah I was about to ask was do you feel like that's necessary in the the, okay and everything you do I feel yeah I agree everything you do and I feel like once you um but I feel like your peers definitely should be on a level where you are so like um now that I live in LA, a lot of my peers and a lot of my network, we're all women entrepreneurs. Yeah. We're all earners. Yeah. We're all doing well. But I always try to find someone that's doing better than me or has already succeeded. So you can learn from. So I can learn from. Yeah, them, literally. you got to. That's 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 the way. And I think a lot of people struggle with that because, especially coming from Baltimore. Yeah. That's how hey, we ain't really with none we of don't that. Like, do that. Yeah. We don't want to learn from gotta, nobody. You got it. You got to humble yourself and do that because oh, you yeah. you won't learn no other way. Like. Mm-hmm. You could watch a million YouTubes. You could you could like do all the studying, but if you don't get that that uh, lesson from the person that already experienced it, you ain't going. I even like 
even when it comes down, if you if you go by the same attitude, if you're in the streets, right? You same got, thing. You, you have can't a mentor. just jump out there. Yeah, you got it. You got to learn from somebody though. So yeah. and you're not gonna know everything, but I think you got to be open to um being conf- confident in what you do bring to the table. So yeah. you're never gonna learn everything. But even today, like I just met up with two of my really close girlfriends that are both top earners, entrepreneurs, and mm-hmm. we're doing some so we're doing some property together, some um, real estate. Mm-hmm. And just, we were talking about how we all are so confident in what we can contribute. Not right. just finances, but like if I can contribute my time, if okay. I can contribute okay. to finding the staff, because that's yeah. what I'm good at. It's like everybody has their niche that they're really great at. And mm-hmm. if you focus on it and collaborate, you'll also get a lot further too. So don't feel like you have to learn everything in your industry. I think it's more so focused on what you're, what you're, already really confident in yeah. and just expanding it because that's going to be what you can contribute. Right, right. So okay. I think we just got to start looking at stuff in partnerships too. I feel like that was something in Baltimore. I had to, that's what made me want to leave a lot Yeah. Uh, sooner than later was like partnership was a challenge. Yeah, don't nobody really want to, yeah, I can, I can see that. I can see that. I can see that. I'm not going to say that now, but it, it's then. a mindset. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is because people don't, some people don't want to take the back seat. Yeah. Some people don't want to, it, it got to be they saying it's theirs yeah. and all that. It's it's more it's a lot more people willing to to be the the front mm-hmm. or do if I look like I'm getting it mm-hmm. fuck all that other shit right, they don't, they don't right. matter they don't matter but I definitely could see that but like you said now I feel like it's changed because we seeing more Instagram mm-hmm. is a gift and a curse with social media because you get exposed to more stuff. Yep. Versus like when we was in MySpace, we only really seen Baltimore. Right. So that's it. so so now we got we got access to see so much more in so many different lanes and different mm-hmm. shit. And speaking of that, the social media, when I was watching your um your podcast, we mm-hmm. won't get into that. But I seen the one um when you was talking about you had your boutique mm-hmm. back in the day. Mm-hmm. So how was that? How was and you was young when you had that? My storefront. Yeah, okay, yeah. okay. So I had a, I actually had a showroom on St. Paul Street. I was probably like 22, 23. Uh-huh. And that did not go well. I didn't know what I was doing yet. I was still doing custom ordering. Okay. So I didn't have a ready-to-wear brand. Ready-to-wear is pretty much when you guys just go online and shop. Right. I didn't have that. I was doing all custom orders. So mm-hmm. I was paying like $500 a month. I was still working nine to five, though. Mm-hmm. So I had given my job notice mm-hmm. that I was going to quit. They came back to me with an offer like, we can't lose you. My supervisor told me, like, I heard you're considering quitting. You would be, you'll be giving up on 80K a year. You'd be crazy. So 22-year-old me, I'm like, oh, I'll just stay part-time. I compromise. Okay. Again, you cannot compromise with God. If the plan is for you to be full-time, gotta go you got the plan. to go. Yeah. So I was doing part-time. Okay. And I got part-time results. Mm-hmm. I wasn't seeing any results. It wasn't worth it. Mm-hmm. So um, six months in, to my, like, I, I had a six-month lease. When the six-month lease ended, I was like, mm, I don't want this anymore. This isn't making me happy. Mm-hmm. I actually shut down custom ordering altogether. I did not enjoy it anymore. Dang. I was done. I made a post on like Facebook and MySpace and Instagram like, we are closed. We are only doing ready to wear and the storage launches next year. That's it. Okay. And I stuck to that boundary. People uh-huh. was asking me for years, can you make me this? You? No, I can't. Right. And so I created my first ready to wear collection and um, I opened my storefront in 2017. Mm-hmm. I had quit my job a year prior officially. And yeah, I opened the storefront. I really enjoyed having it, mm-hmm. but I knew I knew this wasn't right. I knew it wasn't supposed to be in Baltimore. Like okay. I knew okay. I wasn't supposed to have a storefront in Baltimore. Okay. Like I did that. Okay. I did that. God did not tell me to do that. Yeah, I it did was supposed that. to be somewhere else. Mm-hmm. It was okay. doing well too. It was doing it was lit. I'm like, all right, it's lit. It's cool. <laughs> right. But I don't feel like I've reached my highest potential. Okay. Like I never feel comfortable 
if I feel comfortable. Okay. So I felt too comfortable. It was easy. I was like, nope, I'm not challenged enough. Right. Mm-mm. So two years in, I was like, I'm about to move to LA and mm. I'm going to shut the store down. I knew I didn't want a storefront anymore either. I knew I wanted to expand into a different way, an entirely, entirely different way. So I wanted to have a warehouse. I wanted to have distribution. I wanted okay. to have aisles of inventory where yeah. you just ship all day. Yeah. I didn't want to have anything open to the public. I just wanted a vibe for my staff. Okay. Like I saw what I wanted, but this still wasn't it, even yeah. though it was a space. A lot of people always feel like, oh, I want a storefront. But like that sometimes is limiting. Um, it's a lot of overhead. You have to have staff. You have to be able to keep up with the volume mm. and you have to really enjoy it. You have to be in front of people to sell your product all day where mm. e-commerce, you sell it like Shopify going to go off all day without me talking to anybody. Mm-hmm. So it depends on how you like working. And for me and the way I like to work, I just, I prefer to make money in my sleep. Right. right. I don't like, yeah. I don't, you, you do not have to work hard work anymore. Smart, you have to hard. work smart. I do yeah. not work hard anymore. Yeah. Like I've worked very hard and yeah. I'm, I'm done. Right, so I'm right. like, I work smart now. <laughs> yeah. And that was too much hard work. It's too yeah. much hard work for how smart my business was. Cause you said on there, you hated uh, custom design. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I hate custom ordering. Like people to this day will be like, can you please just make me one dress? Yeah. There's not, no amount of money you can pay me for me to it's sew too you much a dress. Work. It's not even that it's too much work. It's stressful. Okay. So the construction has to be perfect. Okay. The fit has to be perfect. Right, right. And I still kind of do. It can take forever. Do. It can take forever. Yeah, yeah. I got and you. also, like, it's so reliant on one person's opinion instead of my creativity. True, true. Okay. Whereas though right that. now, I get to I sell just my creativity. And yeah. it's a process with my creativity right now. Like, I still go from sketching to my pattern maker. We have fittings on fittings on fittings uh-huh. until it's right. Like, right now, as soon as I get back, as soon as I land, I have to go to a fitting to see mm-hmm. if this product fits right because I want it to be perfect. But I know that I'm going to be selling my artistry. So okay. I'm going to be happy with that. Okay. And when, and when I see somebody walking down the street, like, I made that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can and see you're that. happy with what I made instead right. of me having to conform to what you want. Right, right, right. So yeah. I'm going to plug the, the podcast again. It's the fashion. Yes, the Fashionpreneur Diaries is my podcast. And you can find it on all platforms mm-hmm. and all YouTube. All platforms, yeah. The episode that I watched was with the girl from Philly. Oh, okay, sure. It was the one That's about my, uh, e-commerce versus... Mm-hmm. Um, it was e-commerce versus uh, storefront. storefront. Mm-hmm. And you also said that uh, in that same one, you were saying that you wish you would have, it was in Fells Point or yes. Federal Hill. It was and in And you Fed wish Hill. you would have had it in the hood. I wish I would put my store in it. If I would have, now if I ever open a store again, or if I ever do decide to open locations again, they're all going to be hood. In, in the hood. Okay. Why For is that? Sure. Like purposely, because that's where my brain is operated. Yeah, because I feel like um, when you see luxury brands right now, they're always in luxury areas, like Mm -hmm. where luxury real estate is. If you go to LA right now, Uh and you go to, um, I was talking to Angel Brink. She's a um, celebrity custom designer. Okay, Uh, she's done reality TV, and and she was on my podcast, and she was talking about how she was looking for a space Mm -hmm. on Rodeo, and the rent is twenty thousand dollars just to have a store on Rodeo. Wow. Whereas though, if you go down to like Crenshaw, you might can find one for like twenty five hundred, three thousand. Okay. And so it is cheap shit in Cali, huh? Really cheap, but cheaper. affordable. Cheaper. Oh, all right, okay. But okay. again, you gotta look at like the traffic and everything. So True. same out here. If y'all, we can go to Fair Hill or open a store, but you're gonna be in an area where your target customer doesn't live there. Yeah, and they don't be down there unless they, they go into a bar or some shit like that. So, so if you put a luxury brand on Monument, you're saying something. What? You bringing so much traffic to the area too? And so. you're making it. You making luxury attainable for yeah, our community. Yeah, yeah. It's that's not even about it being in that's the hood. Hard. It's about making luxury attainable. Yeah, yeah. That's so I hard. think that's like hard. that's the. Thing 
And I also had to look at who was purchasing. So when I was putting um, all my product was online, I was looking at the addresses we were shipping to. There were addresses off of Monument Street, okay. addresses okay. Um, in Cherry Hill, Maryland. Yeah. Like it was addresses that let me see this is where my customer is. Right, so I right, need to come right. to where they are. And they could be attainable for Exactly. Them. But yeah. I wasn't shipping to Fed Hill. Right, right. <laughs> I wasn't. I was shipping to Greenmount. Yeah, I was shipping yeah, to yeah. Okay. like North okay. Avenue. Okay. Um, West Side. So I was realizing like my girls live here. Mm-hmm. So I need to meet them where they are and I need to give them the most luxurious experience possible right, where they are. Right, right. So I feel like if you go and put a Gucci on Monument Street, you're going to have an empire. Yeah. So if I were to do a storefront, I would literally do stores, literally. And that'll really be the foundation of inspiration right there. That would be it right they, there. Because they look at it, they, they see your work, and it's like, right yeah, we right here, and we we can reach that. We can talk to her. Literally. And I also, like that idea. It's just, you creating, but you're also appreciating the value in the community. So now everything True. else that comes in is going to have more value. It's going to have to equal that. Or, yeah. So it's, yeah, it's a real smart. estate game smart, with, yeah, with yeah. storefronts. And I think that's what people got to understand too. Like when you start getting into having a location, you're in a real estate right. game. So you need to pay attention to what's happening in the market mm-hmm. in that area. And if you're adding value, then you need to be buying the property on that street. Right. So you, so you basically, I'm, I'm getting from what you're saying. You feel what they doing up there on 25th with Larry off tour. And yes, like y'all are literally appreciating the value. But yeah. what I want to happen is I want everybody to end up owning the building right, that they're right, in. Right, 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 yeah. right. And then we start buying the build. Like if they get together, put all y'all money together. And buy like three buildings on that yeah. block, and now rent those out. Yeah, that'll be hard. That's lit. That'll that's, be hard. that's 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 how yeah. you do it. That'll be hard. So that'll now you you're renting from your own property for free, mm-hmm. and you making money off the other properties. Boom. Yeah, I like that. That's how you do it. Yeah. Um. Oh shit! I lost my my last. <laughs> you was on a good. <laughs> you was on a good. So so uh. Uh, and you also said on that you don't people don't realize how much goes into budgeting for a store. Yes, a lot goes into budgeting. So when it when you're considering a storefront versus e-commerce, storefront mm-hmm. first. Um, I remember my question. Go ahead. Though. Oh, okay. Go ahead. All right. So storefront first. When mm-hmm. it comes into budgeting, your first of all, your expenses are going to be way more. So expenses being first of all, your gas and electric rent. Mortgage, whatever you're paying, you have to have payroll mm. um, because you have to have staff. So your staff has to be there. Right. Um, I cannot stand a store that's, oh, these are my hours today and then tomorrow we're going to do this. And yeah, then yeah, yeah. Gotta be consistent. You got to yeah. be consistent. If you're going to be a store, be a store. Yeah. So um, you have to have consistent people there at least five, six days a week, depending on your hours. Mm-hmm. Um, also, you're going to be investing in cleaning. You got to make sure the space is tidy. You got to make sure that. Um, you have some type of experience when people come in. So if there's some type of photo op, something. Mm-hmm. I think that's important. Um, on top of that, you have to have inventory. Right. <laughs> and you have right. to have inventory in addition to your website inventory. Yeah. Um, so those always are the main things. Debt. Yeah, always. So it's just a different experience. But mm-hmm. um, your website is is expensive as well. Like, no matter what you invest in, you also have to have a, a budget for marketing. Mm-hmm. You have to make people aware of your brand. Right. So I think that is most crucial. Okay. That's most crucial. Okay. Um, I put aside like 30% for marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is well worth it. It's, it's a lot of money that goes out, but it's, it's so more people can know about your brand. That's um, worth it. 
Yes, it was worth it. So I think a lot of people miss the mark because they don't ever invest in marketing. So they end up putting an amazing product out or they open this amazing store and they're not doing any marketing. When you have a storefront, you have to really make sure you're marketing locally. Like you should be on Fox 45 News in the morning for the style, uh, style Mondays. You should be a part of networking conversations locally. You should be in the community. Mm. so yeah, I think it's I think people don't realize the importance of networking too. So like your network has to be crazy. Super important. Super crazy. I remember back in the day my father had a he had a boutique on Charles Street. Um it was called London's Boutique. Mm-hmm. It was right off of um Saratoga and Charles Street. And when I I think this is when I first I used to go to Eastern Shore. When I came home from mm-hmm. Eastern Shore in twenty ten, I was working a store for him. But and I learned a lot about the fashion business and um Business period. That's where I'm glad I did it. He only paid me one time when I was working it, but <laughs> but uh, I went to the um the fashion show with him in New York. It was me, mm-hmm. my godmother. Um, it was me, him, and my god. Me and my godmother used to work the store, mm-hmm. and we went up there with him. I loved it. I was I was happy as shit. We went to the joint right there. Um, I can't remember exactly where it was, but it was we met seen a whole lot of vendors. It was uh-huh. a whole lot of shit like Buffalo and all this other type of shit. It was mm-hmm. women and men um fashion shit, and he was. I, that's when you was talking about it on the show and we was getting the shit where you just sign up for like send me these and yeah, we go back. Yeah, yeah. I was like, damn, it's hard. Like we could just give, let me get one of them. And yep. then we, we went back, we went to the store and I was telling like, we talked about it today too. And we used to, I used to tell him like, you know, it's different. Like you could have really still had that shit and we could have really took off, but yeah. he wasn't really worried about he was worried about the business, but he wasn't worried about the business. Like, he yeah. just wanted to have a store and clothing store. Like, he been said it. Mm-hmm. And I give him that. Like, he said, I'm going to get a clothing store. He put it in the right place, but he wasn't really into it. Yeah. Like, he, that wasn't yeah. his thing. He bought clothes, and everybody know him, no well-dressed man and all yeah. that. But it wasn't. It's different when you're doing a business. And mm-hmm. um, I learned. I seen that. Like, I seen, like, people would come. Most of the most of the business was foot traffic. Yeah. And you can't rely on that. You cannot rely on Because you don't know who will come down that street. You could have one week, everybody coming in one week, don't nobody coming. Like, it was Look most people. Just, like, exactly. And I was going to ask you about that, too. Damn near illegal right now. Exactly. So, <laughs> so I, I, I definitely, when you was doing the interview, I was like, yeah, that's real. I, yeah. I seen that. And I was only, I was young. I think I was 20, 22, 23 when mm-hmm. that was happening. But um, the question that I forgot, would you ever interested in doing designing for men? Some I, I have a love hate relationship with this, so I'm I'm interested in it. It's actually something I was going to consider doing mm. like a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't indulged in it yet, but I think it's something I would do in the future. Okay, I really like it, uh-huh. but I I gotta make sure the fit is fire, and right. I also have to make sure that my women's brand has expanded to the highest potential it can get to. Okay, because it's only gonna make it easier. Because yeah, men. Yeah, yeah. Men definitely, they just want consistency. Mm-hmm. They want great fit. But when you have a brand that's already established for women, I've learned that a lot of those brands that I see that venture off into menswear, they mm-hmm. already had like a, they already solidified their women's wear. Okay. So I feel like for me, I would want to do that. Okay. A lot of men, they buy off of women's buying Likes power. What they like. As well. Like think about what fashion over there. As much as I can't stand the brand, <laughs> they they added menswear True. after the women's brand was popping. Yeah. Why you don't like fashion over? 
I they copy I everything I do in oh, a lot okay, of my okay. brands. So okay. they literally purchase off of our websites. Like, and yeah. it's not just black designers, but obviously we stick out. Yeah, um, black culture running. Yeah, world. I mean, obviously, I mean, yeah. they steal from our culture overall. Mm-hmm. But uh, myself, a lot of black other designers, mm-hmm. um, they just copy we create. That. They don't even just copy. Like they purchase off our sites and oh, take shit. the product, take it apart. Copy the pattern and put it on their site. Like that's legal. We, no, not oh, okay. fully. What what they do, it's right. it's legal to a certain extent. Okay, but there are certain parts that aren't legal. Okay, um, but there are certain parts that are, and they just don't care. Like right. you could you could reach out to their lawyer. My attorneys reached out. It's a They're drag. like, oh, well, that part isn't that part is not illegal. So until you can show me this or that, it's not that you. Can so do. that's that's a good. So the legal part of fashion mm-hmm. does that get real? It can get crazy. Like there's something called a trade law, trade dress law. That that's what you can get to basically protect you against those copycats out there. Okay. But that is very, very, very expensive. So a lot of brands like H and M have them. Okay. H and M won a case against. Um, no, Amiri won a case against H and M because mm, they copied. They copied their jeans. So is 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 it worth it? It depends. If, if I'm on H&M level, yeah, it's worth okay. it. Corporation yeah. type show. Okay. But I mean, that costs a lot of money. Yeah. So you got to think, you got to decide if it's worth it. Okay. What is also worth it though is to use your voice on social media. So we've done sales literally saying fuck fashion over. Okay. Take 20% off and into fuck fashion over right. is the okay. code. So okay. take advantage of your platform as well. Um, I, I personally don't get bothered anymore. Like people to this day, every day send me messages like, isn't this your product? Yeah, like yeah, we yeah. know, yeah, I know. Yeah. Cause like, it's, it's like, it's going to happen at this it's, point. It's going to happen. And that's mm-hmm. also a badge of honor when you start getting, you yeah, yeah, they ain't going to copy no we shit. Yeah. So, so, so it's like, true, thank true, you. True. <laughs> you know? Sure. So what, how you feel about when, when all that shit was happening with brands like Gucci and Louis Vuitton with all the, the African-American shit and like that, mm-hmm. like all that drama, what was your thoughts on that? I feel like, first of all, a lot of it isn't new. Um, and it depends on which brand we're talking about because I felt like not everybody handled it the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, I forgot which brand it was. Ooh, there was a brand. I think it was Prada. I'm not. You know what? I'm not positive on that. But there was a brand that had an issue with blackface. Like I think they had like yeah, made a keychain with blackface. Mm-hmm. That like I don't think we got our um, proper apology for that. Or I hadn't seen it. Or Jeremy Scott, I don't think he gave it right Mm-mm. with the shackles on his tennis shoes. Yeah, like, like I, I I, there's think. a lot of brands that I don't think they're going to apologize because they see nothing wrong with it. Right. But I will say that I think Gucci is a brand that handled it effectively. Okay. Um, Gucci had it. Basically, I know that they had this situation with Dapper Dan. Mm-hmm. Dapper Dan is an amazing designer from the 80s. I got up in Harlem. Yeah, he's lit. Oh, yeah, yeah. So Dap came up in the 80s. He used to make all these amazing attainable luxury pieces. MCM and Louis, yes. all that shit. That but he was reconstructing yeah. from um, fabrics, high-end fabrics. And sometimes he was also using fabrics that he custom designed mm. that were mimicking their fabrics. So I get that it was kind of like a catch-22. But anyway, these brands came and shut him down. And Gucci ended up reconstructing a jacket that he reconstructed yeah. in the 80s and the didn't give him joint. credit. Yes. Yeah. And they didn't give him any credit. Right. So um, everybody was tagging Dapper Dan. Again, the power of social media. Yeah. Yeah. So um, they was tagging Dapper Dan, like, give him his credit. He created this jacket. So that outcome came very quickly, like within a matter of days. Mm-hmm. Gucci put out an initiative. They created an entire program working with Dap. Mm-hmm. Um and the program was like um, this diversity program where they were hiring all these different interns, black people, mm. um, just people from all different ethnicities and different parts of the world. Yeah. And they created 
education for them. Right. Um, they also agree to commit to certain diversity within their company. Mm. Then on top of that, they created a Dapper Dan Times Gucci collaboration. Yeah. So Dap is now yeah. getting paid off of the product. And when you wear Gucci Times Dap, you're wearing Dapper Dan. Like, that's and, how you solve a problem. And man. they turn that boutique in, in Harlem that's, to his that's uh, Gucci, his, his Gucci yeah, yeah, that was hard. They, I forgot about that. You're right, you're like, right. They definitely did right. So people they say Gucci's right. canceled, but they just did something I have not ever seen a, a brand yeah. ever do. Yeah, like, that paid. man, there's Gucci in Harlem now. Right, right. And if anybody, I would say you would give it to him. Literally. Anybody. Yeah, and that's a prime he, example of how we was talking about the real estate in the hood. Like, he, there's Gucci in Harlem now because yeah, of yeah. that. True, true. You're right. Like, that's how you leave yeah, your mark. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So, I felt like they handled it properly. Um, I feel like there's a lot of brands that didn't handle it properly. Mm. Um, I feel like everybody just needs to do their research on companies and see where they feel comfortable buying at. Yeah. Um, I also feel like we have to stop buying so much luxury um European brands will start buying within our own spaces. Okay. Um, I love my pieces. I love a good designer uh -huh. item, but I'm not a girl that spends thousands of dollars on designer. Like I yeah, see, the, yeah, I, I don't own yeah, a Chanel bag. Yeah, yeah. I don't own, like yeah. I see so much that people have. I just don't, I don't that, have those things that goes and I back, don't want it. <laughs> that goes back to the gift and the curse of social media. This is like everybody talking about Birkin bags and all that what? type of shit. Like, so it's like, it's like, but like, like you said, but I'm, I'm a person that's, you know, everybody went through that phase wanting to have all the, the big names, Gucci, Louis, yeah, all that. Yeah, I feel I like was, we did, but I don't know. I can't say it was a phase. Well, I see, yeah, it was a phase. But also, I do feel like it's not even a phase, per se, for me. I like quality. So yeah, if there's a black leather shoe mm -hmm. and it happens to be Gucci, but yeah, it's a great quality, I'm going right. to buy it because it's a black leather shoe and I really yeah. want a black leather boot. Like I did just invest in a really nice black boot in a bag. Okay. But I know it's going to last me, like, Probably the next, I don't know how many years. Yeah, that's the type of shit your you, your mother got from back in the day. Right, she gave, yeah, and she yeah. gave you yeah. twenty years. Because I'm, I'm a, I'm a, um, I like, I ain't big on names. Like, mm -hmm. I like shit when you don't know what it is mm -hmm. and you see it and it pop up. Like, I don't, I don't want. I'm not a walking billboard. Yeah. I'm not. I don't want the Gs the G's and the F's. With the that's what I was. In yeah, and back uh -huh. in the day, I was on that heavy, but yeah. like, nah, not today. Not, not as grown people. We ain't yeah, we're not doing that. Doing and you just learn the value of your dollar, and it's like, nah. So. Now I just like to invest in stuff. Yeah. If it's good stuff and if if it's something that's just a little cheap piece that's gonna last me a month, then I yeah. use it for that. But so that's it. Going into that, what is your definition of style? Because like we just said, people think fresh and flies, mm -hmm. all that shit. Mm -hmm. And you Gucci and Louis and all they got that shit is is made for you. That the mannequin, the yeah. shoes, the shirt, all yeah. that shit. To me, I feel like a lot of people, and Jim Jones said this too, I love Jim for this, but he yes. was saying how you go to the store, I'm the type, you go to the store, Walmart, I make it look fly. That's it. You ain't got to know what this is. You you worried about the tag, you worried about what's yep. on the shit, but if you can make this shit look good, or if you go into a spot and, and make that shit look good, and that's why I'm, I love a fly woman. Yes. I love a fly woman. Yes. Women have, their, their, their shit is so different. Like you don't know what it is. You don't know. You 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 wear it and you make it look good. And it could be the cheapest thing ever, yep. but you can make that bitch look good. But with niggas, <laughs> but with niggas, it's like they go off for the name and all that yep. shit. When you don't, you don't. Yep. I be trying to tell niggas, but they don't get it. So what they do you? That's just how they are. Yeah. But that's because women attract to exactly, that. exactly. So my question to you: two questions. Mm -hmm. How would you describe, if you can, describe mm -hmm. Baltimore style? Mm-hmm. And what is your definition of style, fly, all of that? Got you. 
Mm, Baltimore style. Because <laughs> you've been places. So, yeah. And I, and I say this, I don't mean to cut you off, but I say this because when I was out Eastern Shore, mm-hmm. they had this idea of Baltimore, big T's, all this, yeah, all this. No. Like, nah, that's, Mm-mm. that's yo, that was, Mm-mm. we weren't even winning. No. I don't know where y'all get this image from, but that's not them. When they <laughs> met us, because me and Larry was out there together uh-huh. too, it's like, y'all, like, y'all don't dress like I, no, it's because you had the wrong image. I don't that's know where you got where this got from, but this is not it. <laughs> so, Baltimore, I feel like we don't really have, like, if you, the the ones that got the if you go somewhere else, it's mm-hmm. like you can't unless you know a Baltimore person, you wouldn't know. Exactly. So tell me what you think. See, so this is funny because living in LA, I hear this a lot. Like, yo, you dress super fly. I'll put on anything. They're like, yo, you fly. And it's <laughs> they I think Baltimore is very creative. Mm-hmm. So for example, yesterday I had on like some um ten dollar pants I got from Amazon, some army fatigue mm-hmm. men's pants, and I just cut them up, threw them in a wash machine. And I got so many compliments on them, and I'm like, yo, it's just, it's 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 you creating yeah. off of not, we, we basically create from what we have. So right. we don't have a lot of options out here for style. Like, yeah. if, when I'm in L.A., I can go so many stores to pick up an outfit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here, it's really a struggle Yeah, we don't have a lot of options. It's not a lot of options. Like, I got to buy from my, my black-owned boutiques. Mm-hmm. Um, that's it. But if you want to, like, really get some like a nice accessory or something, you have to drive out to DC, Virginia, all that type of Georgetown. So I feel like Baltimore style is literally just recreating using the bare minimum. So we go to thrift stores, we go to websites and get pants and we just reconstruct and deconstruct. Okay. So I feel like that's what Baltimore style is. I feel like Baltimore is definitely a little bit of, um, Hood flyness, like we like our pieces. Like yeah. you going to see the red bottom, you yeah. going to see the Chanel bag, you yeah. going to see the weave down to the butt, and it's gonna look great. Like yeah. I think we're like the flyest chicks ever. Honestly. For real, Baltimore women. I, yes. I agree. Yes. I agree. But you've you've been a lot of places, and you yes. really okay. it's the energy with it. So it's okay. really not even like just the style. It's the energy we carry with it. Okay. So like I have confidence. Yes, it's yeah. a certain confidence, and we just we don't purposely match. Like we we purposely don't match things together. Yeah. We, we pay attention good. to detail. Yeah. So I feel like that's that's how our style is. And okay. we just, we purposely try to add a little bit of streetwear to it. Mm-hmm. Like, I've noticed a lot of people don't really do the, um, something that we used to do a lot is, like, tying, like, shirts, flannels around our waist. Yeah. A lot of people don't do that. Yeah. So I didn't notice that until, Oh, outside of Baltimore. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, but okay. I remember seeing one of my homegirls in the L.A. fashion district that's from Baltimore. She had uh-huh. her shirt tied around her waist, and I had one tied. Uh-huh. And I'm like, yo, don't nobody do this. And like, okay. we got a compliment together. Like, okay. I'm like, damn, we just, I didn't realize this was a thing. Yeah, that we yeah, did. yeah. You and don't it's know like, it's it just adds a piece of place. street yeah, yeah, So okay. we just like to, we accessorize. We add the hat, we uh-huh. add the flannel, we add the accessories, we add the details. Um, so that's what I think Baltimore style is. And we just real, it's our energy though. Like we just fly. Yeah, yeah. We just I agree. Fly. I agree. It's a certain flyness to our energy. Right. I've been told that a lot for sure. Right. Yeah. Okay. I can see that. Yeah. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. I'm glad to hear that. We fly. <laughs> so, um, how did you start the, the Fashionpreneur Academy? What made you do that? I started the Academy out of a need of pretty much what I felt like I needed that I didn't have access to. Okay. So when I first hired my business coach, like I said, she had a curriculum and she told me, she was like, you need to do what I, this, what I'm doing mm-hmm. for other people. Okay. Um, in fashion, I was like, no, I'm not a teacher. I'm not an instructor. She said, you are, you've been doing this your entire life. Like mm-hmm. you told me how people used to come to your house and you would help them. sew, and I'm like, I'm not, I can't do this. Like I'm not where I want to be at yet. She's like, no, you can help people get developed. Mm-hmm. So I started, um, with just two clients that I helped 
developed their lines. They fully launched. They established. They became entrepreneurs. I was like, oh, okay, okay, I am a good teacher. Yeah, that's what's up. That's so what's up. Um, it turned into something way bigger, way bigger. A lot of people were more interested in it. So I wanted to invest in people that look like myself mm-hmm. that wanted to create successful fashion businesses. So I wanted to create a fashion business curriculum. I felt like there were a lot of people out there selling vendor lists and selling like bits and pieces of the process, but mm-hmm. never the full process. Okay. So I created this curriculum um, that's very educational. It focused on the beginning phases, which is accounting, mm-hmm. um, legal structure of your business. Um, and some some stuff might sound simplistic, but some people just really don't know and don't have the resources. Right. Trademarking. Um, the accounting is the major key for that first phase of the program to me. Like you get access to my actual accountant that I use. So okay. my, my clients are working with everybody I work with. And I All think right. that's a key because for me to have the success I have now, and I'm only going to go further, but where I'm at now for you to have access to those things, that's so powerful. Right. So that I wanted them to have access to exactly what I have instead of y'all getting a, a, a watered down version. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of teachers are like, Oh, well this is who I work with, but y'all can work with this one. Yeah. yeah and it's yeah. like, no, like y'all Make are working with my team. Right. right. So that's real. That's real. I think that's a key. Yeah. Um, so it's no way if you, if you fail, it's on you. It's a uh, mindset thing. Right. Right. Literally. Right, I, sure. I, I don't even look, I look at it like if you don't get the result, it's literally cause you didn't do the work. Yeah. Cause You're I gave them every the key that yeah, I got. Yeah, okay. So, um, yeah, that's the first phase. Um, the second phase is all about the business structure so they're setting up their websites um, they're understanding facebook ads digital marketing mm-hmm. um they're understanding how to purchase wholesale how to design their first collection they get access to all factories distribution um and then phase three of the program is all about making money it's okay. all about selling we go deep deep diving more into marketing um they learn how to be their own pr networking the power of it so it's like 45 lessons um Every two weeks, I have a live Q&A with my students. Just something that I love to do to just stay mm-hmm. top of mind with them. Mm-hmm. So it's a it's a real program. It's like a yeah, it curriculum. Like it's a lot of work. you need to be involved with if you're yes. trying to get in this field. Yes. It's That's a lot of homework. Up. It's like they have reports and everything. So That's it's, it's a lot, but I love teaching. So. Okay. That's, that's what it is. We used to have a lot of live events. Um, we used to have this huge conference in L.A. each year called the Fashionpreneur Retreat. Mm. It was awesome. But, um, yeah, I decided I wanted to go in a different direction. I, I, I wanted to kind of switch the way we do the events. So, in the future, we'll still do events, but they'll be different. Okay. But, yeah, but everything is 100% based online because people mm-hmm. hit me up like, oh, I'm in L.A. Can I come to the office? Right. I'm like, no. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's all yeah. online. So, people think like. That it's like a classroom in LA. We oh, just okay. Teach and it's like, okay. we don't, that's not what it is. How long has that been going on? <laughs> I've had the Academy since April 2016. Okay. Yep. Okay. And it's, I love it. It keeps me sane. It's so good to just watch my students grow and watch their businesses flourish, mm-hmm. see where they are years from now, watch them um, start, restart sometimes. Mm-hmm. They, they sometimes come with a lot of ideas. So just kind of, forcing them to focus on the best next step. So I enjoy it. It's, it's my way of just guiding people. So okay. I love the Academy. So I, I'm, I'm assuming that that's a good benefit that is online because of the COVID stuff and all that. Thank you, God. Yes. <laughs> so actually we had our fashionpreneur retreat this year, earlier this year. And the third day we had to um, shut it down mm-hmm. because of COVID. So okay. we made it through day one and two, but the third day is still pending until we know, we don't know when, Right. but, um, Yes, I was so grateful that we were able to do things online and I was mm-hmm. able to send everybody to classes from online. So, yes, everything is 100% online based. 
Um, and it was that way this entire time. So right. it's, it's just only making it yeah, easier yeah, with COVID. Yeah. And when people was ain't had nothing to do them first couple of yep. months, they probably. So that was that also was my next question. How did COVID affect your business or did it? <laughs> Oh, it definitely affected it. Okay. But um, it didn't affect it in a negative way. Thank you, God. So I would say this was the best year in my business ever. I've profited the most financially, Mm. mentally, Mm. physically, spiritually, every way. So March was when everything started to go on lockdown in L.A. Mm -hmm. And um, I was so nervous because I was getting all of my clothing produced in L.A. locally. Okay. And I had a development team. I had two people in my design department. One, I would just give all my sketches to, and they would get my samples produced. They would handle my revisions for me. Um, She would run around to the factories locally, pick up fabrics. Mm -hmm. And then she had an assistant that worked with her Mm -hmm. that would do everything for us. And all these people were full-time employees of my company. So when COVID hit, they couldn't leave their house. So Mm -hmm. I had to now do that job. I haven't done this job in (laughs) probably like 13 years. So I'm trying to figure it out and I have to make sure that I'm abiding by policies Mm -hmm. and I'm not putting myself at risk. So I'm sneaking out the house just to try to survive and make sure our company stays lifted. Um, And then, yeah, I think like the end of March ended up being my top grossing two weeks ever in business and okay. history. Okay. Um, so I'm That's like, okay, up. this is good. <laughs> um, then I also decided I had to pivot again. Mm-hmm. A lot of the factories were closing down and I'm getting all my stuff made in all these factories. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, we have to go back overseas with our distribution. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started transitioning all my development back overseas. So mm-hmm. literally the reason that all my stuff is made overseas again is because of COVID. Okay. But I thank God because once I sat down and looked at all my expenses and overhead, I'm like, yo, I'm paying a lot of money. To have somebody locally run around. It's cheaper doing it. Wait, like, oh, okay. I couldn't even believe how much I was spending compared. Because you got to remember, I'm paying payroll for two people. True, so I'm spending true. six figures. And you got to pay them. And I still got to pay for development, fabric, sourcing. Oh, shit. So that's six figures right there. Yeah. All tough. that got X'd out. You're right, you're right. And now we're profiting. It's like one almost, like, my percentage of profit is crazy. Okay. Now. So, okay. but thank God the way it's set up, um... Our, the assistant that I had, he ended up working, going back full time with his company. So I was like, all right, mm-hmm. cool. That worked okay, out. Okay. And then the other person came to me and was like, Jess, so I was thinking, I think I could do my own company. I'm like, yes, no, so you ain't perfect. had to break nobody heart. <laughs> so she came to me. I was like, perfect. Right. Please go be successful. Right. I want you to do all the things. So it was perfect the way God aligned it. Mm-hmm. And um, I started by August. We were 100% developing back overseas. Okay. All profit. So I'm in the best place I've ever been in because a lot of companies, when they launch, I think, guys, a lot of times what you need to do is make sure you're profitable. You can make a million dollars and be in a negative at the end of the year. Right. Because you're spending over a million dollars on marketing and just overhead. So when I started to pay more, I always pay attention to my overhead and my costs, Mm. but to see how much money I'm saving now. Mm-hmm. Like my accountant always is like, oh, this is crazy. Okay. How much you were spending. That's so pay up. attention to your overhead. Yeah. Don't think you need 50 people to do a job. Work smart, not hard. So yeah. now all I do is I contact my factories in China that I first started working with when I first started designing. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, hey, I need to get 75 more of these, 200 of these, 300 of these. Boom, send me the invoice. Right. That's it. Okay. Um, And I still, and now I'm managing my development myself in the U.S. So for like my sample making, 
speaking. I sample everything. Mm-hmm. I have a personal assistant that'll run around for me. But I'm like, hey, this is my sketch. Get the pattern maker on it. I mm-hmm. show up for my fitting. So we have a flow now, okay. and it really, really works. So yeah, it's only it's only four of us on my team. People think it's like a bunch of us. It's just four of us, but it's four full time, really committed people. Right, and I, so, I like that you 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 very detailed on your social media about your every day and all that. Yeah, like, people, I try to people, be. I'm sure people get caught up thinking you probably. If they don't follow you, because if they follow you, they can see you're not a bougie person. Like, you live yeah. back, you chill, you have fun, you geek and all that. And people probably think you got to have a certain persona they to uh, be a certain way they in there. Do. So Yes. I remember this guy I was dating a few years ago. He was like, I thought you was going to be so uptight. I'm like, why do y'all think that? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I guess because I, I got to talk business. But right. yeah. if you watch my Insta story, you see I smoke weed just like y'all. Yeah, be I be chilling. On I be skating. <laughs> I be living my life. I don't understand. I'm yeah, not a serious up. person at all. That's what's at up. At all. That's so yeah I think it's definitely a lot of people feel like when they're business owners like you gotta be so serious but I think you should just be confident in being yourself and we're in an era where it's first of all it's always okay to be yourself but yeah, gotta selling be. yourself is gonna get you so much further yeah yeah so yeah, much yeah, further yeah, so yeah, yeah. when people watch my curriculum the, like the first thing you have to do to work with my program is watch my free masterclass mm-hmm. the whole first 30 minutes I'm just telling you about how I got started who mm-hmm. I am and why I'm qualified to work with you. Mm-hmm. And you're going to know everything about me. Because you might... I think it's so important that we live off energy, too. So, like, if you don't feel my vibe, just don't... You might as well yeah, just yeah. stop fucking with me okay, here. Okay, okay. Before you pay yeah, anything. Yeah, 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 yeah. True, true. You know? So, I feel like... That, <laughs> that I think makes that's sense. Important. That makes sense. That's right. Yeah, so... I don't take it personal. I just be like, yes, it is what it is. Yeah. But yeah, people are, I, I see a lot of people that's just so serious. It's right, like, right. It ain't, I mean, ain't that serious. We did all this serious. to have fun and be free. Right, exactly. Not, not exactly. to be uptight all day. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so that I'm glad you said that because on BJ episode, he was saying how, um, as far as dating and being in a relationship, how he had to, he, like, he basically shut the situation down because he felt like he was giving too much time to his business versus his relationship. So do you mm-hmm. feel like, is it, well, you're in a different space now. So do you feel like it's easier or is it a hard thing to, to deal like date and still be in this business? And like, Oh my God. Cause I feel, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming a lot of guys intimidated too. Cause they, yes. they intimidated. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It is very hard. Date. First of all, it's hard dating in LA as a black woman. Okay. Um, it's scary in LA. Is it? Everybody said that, but I don't think so. I think I, this is the problem with, this is the issue. Okay. A lot of people from the East Coast, mm-hmm. myself included, mm-hmm. we moved to LA, we moved somewhere else, and we expect it to be home. Just like True. home. I can see that. It I is not that. going to be Baltimore, y'all. So you're that. not going to find a chicken box. You're not going to find a half and half. <laughs> like, except, except that you're moving for something different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I have a so lot of friends that used to move out there would be uh-huh. like, I'm moving back home. Right, this right. Dang, you still. You, you got to accept yeah, you moving yeah. for change. True, true, true. So you're moving for something different. You're moving because you want to transition into something different. Right, right. I wanted right. to eat different when I got to LA. I wanted yeah. to eat better. I wanted to feel better. People tell me all the time, like, yo, you look different. Okay. Like, I ain't got no surgery. I swear I ain't got nothing done. I just I feel better. Right, That's right, it. Right, right, right. Like this girl messaged me like, "Who did your body?" I was like, "I did not get my body done." And I like, "We not about to start that lie." Right. I ain't got nothing done. Yeah. But I do feel better, and when mm. you feel better, you look better. That's so the goal. Except, except yeah. that you're going to your life is going to be a little better. Like yeah. you're going to eat different. Right. You're going to eat different because yeah. it's not you. 
fast food is not as accessible. Yeah. Like, it's not on every corner. So you're going to have to wait for your food. So you're going to eat fresher. Okay. You're going to be working out. There's nothing else to do right now other than work out. Sure. You're going to be working out. Sure. You're going to be focused on yourself because your family and friends not out there. So you're going to have to be committed to getting to know yourself. So it's just going to be a different life. Yeah. So that's number one, which means that the people are different. Mm -hmm. So the men are different. Very different from Very Baltimore. different. <laughs> I know it. Very I know different. it. I know it's very different. But you cannot move to LA looking for the Hollywood life. So if you go looking for like the tourist shit, like going yeah. out there to go eat a katana yeah, and towel, yeah, yeah. like you're going to experience the weirdo shit. Right, you're in right, Hollywood. Right. Yeah, yeah. But if you go to the local lifestyle, like I do a lot of local stuff. So mm -hmm. I go to local, but I try to make my life as equivalent to home as possible. Mm -hmm. And when I say home, just my, this being my home. Mm -hmm. So like, if I was in Baltimore, I'm going to go eat at Hazelwood Inn. So let okay. me find my equivalent to Hazelwood Inn, okay. which is going to be a black owned restaurant. Yeah. Boom. Got that. I got that spot. Okay. Okay. That's called a GS. I'm going to go there on Sundays and get my, get my brunch. Okay. Boom. Okay. I know I like to work out. Let me find my place that's equivalent. So you have to find... Yeah. Those things. And right. you're going to meet people in between it. So dating is definitely different. Uh, I stay out of the Hollywood mix, so <laughs> that's where <laughs> the weirdos be. Yes, yeah, where the weirdos be. <laughs> I'm not into the weirdo yeah. stuff. It's yeah. a lot of I've been to places that's been super weird. Like been invited to places that's been super weird. Like I went on one date before, the guy asked me to hold his gun. <laughs> First date. Well, that's kind of home. That's kind of home for you. Nah, I was like, this is definitely the last date. We're still cool though. Okay, but okay. that was definitely the last date. But I was like, no, like if you that paranoid, we just shouldn't leave yeah, out. Yeah, I don't yeah, know what yeah. you true, into. True, true, true. I got um, you. I got you. Yeah, I had some wild dates in LA. Yeah. Super wild dating in LA is super weird, but you get it's there like are some real pop. ones out there though. Okay. Like it's, it's okay. some real ones. Like I'm dating right now, I'm really enjoying it, mm -hmm. and it's some real ones for sure. Like, okay. but I can say the real ones are the ones that's local from LA. Okay, born and raised, okay. not in the mix. They got thirty posts on Instagram, <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> so they be out there. Okay, they be out okay. there. Okay, but, but but as far as like. Intimidation, like, so do you meet people that already know who you are a lot? Or, because I, because in Sometimes, LA, yeah. it's, it's a, everybody's famous in LA. Yeah. So, it's, yeah. it's, so I would assume that when I was saying it, like, I assume that when, if somebody know you, like, well, then again, that's the question, because if, if everybody in LA know everybody famous, do niggas in LA, like, are they more shifty to approach a girl? That's, I feel like men are just shifty to approach a girl, period, though. Okay. Honestly, so. Men be saying they want boss chicks until they get a boss chick. That's the thing. So that's a, a lot fact. of men that's are intimidated fact. by that. It's like, fact. oh, let me come at her correct. That's oh, she seemed kind of serious. Yeah, I don't want to complain. Whereas like, you should just be yourself. If you want to yeah. fuck with somebody, just try to get to know them. Just True. talk to them. True. And if they're interested, they'll fuck with you back or they might not. They might right. show interest or they might not. Right. But I feel like a lot of men are extremely intimidated in yeah. today's world. They feel like they, first of all, they assume, a like lot. they assume a lot. You like, think women oh assume? my gosh. Women yes, don't assume? Yes, yeah, yes. yeah. It's a, it's a fair game. Yeah, they be <laughs> assuming. A, I've been a, told, I'm just, I just knew you was married with two kids. I just knew you. <laughs> but I just knew you had a nigga. nigga. I just knew you. If no, a nigga I see single. a successful woman, they going to automatically, especially if they see but you bad. Because if you bad, that's any nigga. Like, if, if I see, if, I ain't going to see me. If a nigga see a girl on the street, she bad, she look good, bad body, I'm like, oh, she ain't fuck with no nigga like me. She fucking with a nigga that's doing this and doing that. A nigga gonna uh, automatically assume that. But you made that whole narrative up. True. I, I'm a with you. But I'm saying that's just how niggas be. And I'm and I know Man. women, women be like that too. Women more so crazy. niggas than women, but but I think women be like that too. They that's just like if you see a chick 
you see a chick that ain't that's all used to dealing with a certain type of nigga, she might bump into a doctor nigga. She might not know how to approach Mm-mm. this or be that's with this all, nigga. That's it's, all insecurities. I agree. That's I'm with all, you. I'm with you. I hate that shit. Like, I'm with you. I'm I was supposed to go on a date on Friday. Mm-hmm. This guy was supposed to take me out on Friday. Mm-hmm. I text him at like two in the afternoon. Like, are we still going out? He texts mm-hmm. back at 5 15 and said, What you doing? Oh, man. He so I said, hit it out Owens Mills. So uh-huh. I'm staying at Owens Mills. Yeah. He just rolled back to my Insta story with hard eyes. <laughs> I said, yo, cut the shit. Oh, he playing Was we games. going out or not? He playing I said, yeah. why you do that? Yeah. Oh, well, you, I, I was under the impression. I assumed you already had plans because you said you was going out Owens Mills. What? He was bluffing. You bluffing. Was- like, I don't have time. <laughs> but now I'm coming off serious because yeah. I'm just trying to solidify some plans. Right. Right. And I don't have time for games. But it was a, a waste of time anyway. I don't even want to do the long distance <laughs> thing. I was just looking for some fun while I'm in town. But if a nigga, that's why I was saying about your, your social media, because if a nigga follow you, they can see like you ain't really got to worry about the the hard up or I'm this, I'm now. Yeah, I'm, I'm you super laid back, fun. You chill. But that don't stop nothing. Like men are super, I've been told, like one of my homeboys told me like, yo, niggas just be scared of you. That's it. Niggas just be scared. I'm like, scared of what? I wouldn't get that impression. He told me that, he told me niggas was scared of me. But I've dating is very fun. I think also what's also what's also interesting about dating as an entrepreneur is for me, I just want to date my peers. So it also it also depends on number one, what you're looking for. Yeah. So for me, I know what I'm looking for. Like I'm at an age now where I want children, I want to okay. be married. So I know what I'm looking for. And I just I don't waste my time. So if you you put that out there early? Yeah, I don't have time for games. <laughs> I'm very honest. We talk, I'm asking because we talked about that on the last episode. Yes. And we were saying, like, just being, because the nigga, it was a, a married couple, and the mm-hmm. guy said, You ain't tell me that early. Like, ain't no nigga going for that early, but I, I get it. I get it. First date, I'd be like, So all I need to know is what you're looking for. <laughs> first date, we chilling. Like, it's a guy that I'm dating right now. I was like, All right. For, but the first date, he asked me, He was like, Do, do you got any diabetes in your family? Damn. Do you got cancel any issues I'm like alright so you not fucking around yeah yeah so yeah. I asked her I was like alright so what you looking for right now yeah. what you looking for yeah okay so you do want those things alright right, well that's all I need to know okay everything else in between is just friendship building yeah. but I just need to know if you have the same goal cause if right. not I don't have time true true so it is dating as an entrepreneur is definitely challenging I will say that but it's just honestly, I just want more men to step up to the plate though and just do your job. Like I don't want to be out here. Niggas be intimidated though, especially if they don't feel like they at a certain place in a life where they can get well, with a person. Well, I be bagging and tagging them. That's what I do now. So when they come in my, <laughs> when they come to my DM, I be like, so oh, how you, long you want to play this game? Oh, I got okay. the same line. Okay. I be like, so how long you want to keep going back to my Adam. stories? Okay. What's up? <laughs> okay, that's real. That's how I do that's it. That's what's up. That's what's up. Well, I be I like, mean, y'all can. That's that's for the niggas Boom. that's trying to figure that out. No ticking. They, this a whole. They give she giving you the game right here, right there. <laughs> so move it on. It closed. We gotta wrap up. So, um, what does what does how much does Baltimore play in your your legacy? Like, do you everything? Okay, everything I do. Like, I I try to include. Like, I'm here today because I wrote something about Baltimore. Okay, versus be more. Okay, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. So true, like, true, true. Baltimore true. is everything in me. I come I come back home a lot. Just to be re-inspired, to be humble, to connect with people. Like, this is my home. This is where my business partners are. Um, This is where my family is from. They're not here anymore, but this is where my family is from. Everything I do, every story I tell, I have to include Baltimore in it because that's what made me. So every I love that. And Baltimore is still my top city as far as results. So when I, even though I moved to L.A. and we're doing well in L.A., we're thriving, we still ship to Baltimore every most, day that's at the up. most. That's good. So this is home for me. I love so that. if I ever were to do anything, 
as far as a storefront or something, again, it would be here. Right. Like, this is home. Okay. So, yes, this is my legacy. Like, I don't see how it can't be. So, I'm working on a few things in the city right now. So, two years ago, I was trying to work with the uh, school system mm. to create something for youth. So, That'd I'm excited for COVID That'd to finish hard. up. So, yeah, yeah I'm still, yeah. I'm always here. That's very always. necessary. And it's, yeah. It'd be hard if you could do it up, Polly or Weston. Because that's what started that. me. Yeah, a youth yeah, entrepreneurship yeah. program yeah. is literally why I sit here right now. Yeah. So I want to create a new youth entrepreneurship program that doesn't have any funding challenges yeah. that we could just flow and get these kids started. And not just in fashion, just youth entrepreneurship. Right. That period. program that you was talking about, that was sound like the shit. Lit. I wish I would have knew about yes. that. If you could put that back, bring that back for Exactly. That'd be hard. That'd and be my hard. teacher was a black woman that was a mom and an entrepreneur. Okay. So I'm Washington like, was oh. my favorite school in high school. I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure it was. I'm sure it was. Alright, uh, two before I go, two more questions. What is your first what is your um I don't wanna say worst, but what was your worst or hardest moment in your whole career path? Because hmm. my next one is your proudest. So Okay. Mm, okay. So my most challenging moment was when I moved to LA. Probably like two months in, I decided to open my own factory in house mm -hmm. and I didn't consider all of the overhead or actually I did, but God had a different plan. We outgrew our factory within the first 30 days. So I couldn't even produce my own clothing in my factory like my plan was. Damn. So we was getting so many orders out of the blue. Uh -huh. I didn't have enough manpower and the overhead. I was like, this is too much. I shouldn't do this this way. Right. I'm working too hard okay. and I'm, I'm too stressed. So I need to do it smarter. Mm -hmm. So I decided to shut the factory down four months later and create a partnership with another factory nearby. Mm -hmm. So that I wouldn't even say that was an L. I don't look at nothing as else. I just be learning on my own dime and I don't really care. It's not care. a loss, it's a lesson. Yeah, so yeah, I okay. think that was one of the biggest challenges I had in business was prematurely opening a factory. Mm -hmm. um, and my biggest win was when I saw I had grossed my first million dollars before 30. Okay. Yeah. That's hard. That's yep. hard, okay. <laughs> yep. And so, it was just one day I was praying and I just, I just felt like Something tell me like, yo, check your numbers real quick. And yeah. I'm like, yo, I already hit something that I didn't plan to hit for another like six months. Right. Yeah. That's amazing feel, yeah. I'm sure. Yes. I'm sure. I was in tears <laughs> like, yo, you fucking did it. That's what's up. That's what's <laughs> up. That's what's up. So, um, shit, I think we tackled everything. Um, in closing, I like to tip my head. Like I said, from day one, I, I love everything you're doing. Thank you. You're inspiring a lot of people. Keep doing what you're doing. And I love that you keep Baltimore at heart. That's that's yes. what makes that's that's yes. the reason that's fifty well probably seventy-five percent of the reason I created this podcast because I wanted to show the world what we got. We yes. offer so much. Like you yes. never know what we got. We more than just doping guns yes. and bodies yes. and all that. So <laughs> that's my thing. Once this hit the other platforms and blow up like like that, that's what they gonna get to know. Yeah, so that's what I'm putting to the forefront. But I salute you, my tip my hat to that. Keep doing what you're doing. Thank you. And in closing, if you want to plug all your shit, just yeah. let them know how to reach you. And Yes. So my Instagram is Irregular Jess, Irregular underscore J-E-S-S. -S. Um, my clothing company is Irregular Exposure. So shop with us. And if you're looking to start your own fashion brand and you're looking for some insight and education, then visit the fashionpreneuracademy.com. You'll see a link to a webinar where you can get started for free. It's a lot of free game information there, so check it out. Yeah, and I, I from what I got from this, you give up a lot of good game. Yes. So if y'all looking to get into this field, <laughs> please take advantage of this because yes. everybody not going to do this 
give up this much information or be able to be this accessible yes. for anything. So cherish this for real. So yes. uh, uh, and again, in closing this episode, I think I said 47, 48 went out. I think it was 48. I'm a little... But in closing, we need answers podcast. Fresh up all the track. Uh, uh, uh. Bitch, I hustle hard, gotta get that bag. Uh, uh. Bitch, I'm with the gang and my whole team drag. Uh, uh. You talking about some money, bitch. You need some more. You need some more. Mike, Mike, and Wong got that way. Bitch, watch your boat. Bitch, watch your boat. How about these perks feel like?